ghosts, UFOs, alien encounters, and all things paranormal. These are real stories from real people. This is Fear of the Unknown. Hey Lily, how are you going? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Yeah, good. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I hear you've got some interesting things to tell me. Yeah, yeah, got a but, few um, stories. Before we start, I want to tell you something interesting that I just saw. Yeah, yeah. It's in the realm of conspiracy. All the bushfires that are happening at the moment, Yeah. more or less like a hundred bushfires all over Australia just started at once. And there are some people that are speculating that there are shenanigans going on with the government. Oh, oh, it's a government conspiracy. Yeah, something to do with a train line connecting Melbourne to Sydney or something like that. I don't know, I didn't look at the details, but the interesting thing is that I saw a picture, and I don't know if it's faked or not, I don't yeah. care, it's, just, it's really <laughs> cool. And it looks like, through the smoke and through some fire, it's just another picture of a bushfire, Yeah. there's like a big thick red laser that's going down into the bush. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So the thought is that the government is setting the bush on fire on purpose. Right. And it sort of, I mean, in a way it kind of connects to the whole attitude that ScoMo's had towards the bushfires and all that sort of shit. Yeah. But, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I've, I'm going to post the picture. Now, the thing about this picture is that Facebook keeps deleting it. Ooh, Zuck doesn't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the name of the page. It's like Australian Bushfire Watch 2019, something like that. Yeah. And they've got a post saying like, hey, this picture keeps getting deleted. So, ooh. ooh. Well, that's, that's interesting because I know with the fires in the Amazon, there was like a theory or whatever, because just prior to that, some of the indigenous tribes had won a case against the government. I, you know, obviously something to do with preserving the land. Um right. Because obviously in Brazil is quite a far right party in power right now, and mm-hmm. um, you know that connected to big business interests. So it's sort of this theory that the, they, yeah. they were deliberately lit, you know, because obviously that land chase is, out the natives. Yeah, and then use the land for I don't know if it was logging or or, or something like that. But yeah, there were theories that it was intentionally lit as well yeah. from yeah government or business groups. It's really interesting. Like every time I hear about the Illuminati and I start hearing things, it just I just get tired. Because <laughs> <you know? laughs> the people that talk about it, I guess they're really convinced. Yeah. But I haven't sort of researched what they've researched. I haven't seen what they've seen. So it just sounds like a nuts. big pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. These days, I, I wouldn't necessarily call people nuts. I would just say that I can't be bothered getting into what they've gotten into. Yeah. So I try to, I try to suspend belief right. just cuz I mean conspiracies are fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And plus you don't want to look you don't want to feel silly. I think like humans have this tendency to just dismiss things easily if it's like hey, look at me, I'm Paulo. I've lived a very simple ordinary life and I've, you know, lived my life according to the systems that have been presented to me available and therefore According to my understanding, I do not believe that theory. You know, to yeah. me, that's a bit naive. It's, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's hard to sort of know where to sit with those things. Right, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to chuck it on the Facebook, that picture. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if it stays up. <laughs> yeah, or, or if we get zucked again. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
being zarked, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just like, well, yeah, whoa. No, no, now that you think about it, I've never been zarked. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing something wrong, I think. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like, a lot of the rhetoric or a lot of the conversations that you and I subscribe to, they're things that have been, you know, presented and placed there that's easy to digest and it's just another form of manipulation. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it, it takes, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to say something than it is to back that up or to look into it. Like, yeah. R- like, research is hard work. It is. So, it's, yeah, it is that sort of default to just be like, all right, well, this is the way things are. Yeah. I'm not going to question it. And we have a tendency to, like, being like communal animals. We tend to want other people to think the same thing as us. Yeah, you know? so yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll, we'll, in general, believe similar things to our friends. Oh, yeah, and then that's how a lot of friendships are formed through mutual yeah. love or, or hate or something. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, usually the way I start this, mm-hmm. and I've just been doing all the talking so far, <laughs> but I want to know about your childhood because we, we talk about the spooky stuff. What was the spooky things in your childhood? What were you scared of? Oh, the things I was scared of? Yeah. Um, yeah, so dolls, um, like lifelike dolls yeah. was one of them. Um, my mum had a few of those creepy porcelain sort of, I guess, Victorian era dolls. Yeah. And yeah, the ones that you, you move it and it kind of says like, mama. Yeah. And yeah, so they always, always creeped me out. Um, as a kid, I just really genuinely thought that they would just get up while you were sleeping and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just evil. There's something like insidious about them, isn't there? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's because they're, like, out of their time. Yeah. They belo- Once upon a time, they belonged in an era. And they were just these pretty, delicate, nice things that people would display, whereas yeah. now you, if you see someone displaying them in their house, you're like, ooh, that's a bit off. That's yeah. a bit weird. I'm creeped out. <laughs> Imagine being in the, living in the era. It's like, ooh, how novel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a disgusting-looking child doll. <laughs> yeah. I'm subscribed to a lot of channels on YouTube that like, you know, the creepy top 10 lists yeah. and stuff like that. I love those. <laughs> and so many of them are about dolls. dolls. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a huge thing. I was reading about this. Um, I think it's in America. There's like a museum of toys. And so you go through like this big house building, whatever, and each room have different kinds of toys. Like one room would be like a teddy bear. Yeah. And then the final room is the doll room. <laughs> And apparently it is so creepy and off-putting because you exit the museum from that doll room. Right. Some people are so creeped out by it that they will literally go through the whole museum again just to avoid going through the doll room. <laughs> like that's... And yeah, wow. the guy who runs it just... It, yeah, the comment is always like, yeah, I really don't like that doll room. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just creepy. They are. Yeah. There's this haunted house in America. Have you heard of it? It's it's not even a haunted house. It's basically this torture experience. It's been shut down. I, I heard that it was shut down like just a couple of years ago. It was called McCamey Manor. Oh, that's already creepy. Right. Put manor on anything. and <laughs> I know. So it's just basically this ordinary guy. He's got wife and kids and, and dogs. And he decided that he's going to make the scariest haunted house possible. Yeah. So he came up with this extremely sadistic idea. It's like you agree to meet him at a place, he'll abduct you, and they're like abusing you the whole time. They really terrify you. The idea is that they are supposed to make you feel like they're actually going to it's hurt real, you. Yeah. And they they're allowed to slap like 
you sign a waiver and oh my and basically anything up to like broken bones and oh um, my god that's what it says in the waiver i don't yeah. think there have been broken bones but like people have they walk out of the experience with their hair cut they've got little cuts and bruises everywhere and they just absolutely they, i mean for most people it's just not at all what yeah expected. what you want <laughs> and it's essentially like just this torture house where he'll take you to different places that are really uncomfortable i mean like beforehand he'll talk to you and he'll find out what your greatest fears are and if it's spiders you know you'll be tied down and like there's a whole bunch of like aggressive dudes with painted faces and they'll hold you down and they'll put like tarantulas oh. tarantulas on your face and this guy films the entire thing and how do how does he market it like how does he convince people to be essentially tortured really, by their fears well people want it people want it and the thing about it is that it's free the only thing he requires oh. is that you bring dog food for his dogs <laughs> But I think the way he makes his money is that while he's filming it, it's like one of those red room things where there are people online that are watching and that are paying him to do things to these people. Oh, right. So they'll be like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you poke him in the eye. Yeah. Okay. It's on YouTube. It's called McCamey Manor. And you can watch these three hour experiences and heaps of it has been like cut out and the video gets cut out in certain parts and stuff. So obviously he was doing lots of dodgy stuff. Yeah, stuff I mean, this, that you couldn't put this, up without it being taken down. <laughs> yeah, like this guy was a proper psycho and he was just getting away with it. He, he was just like a, a total sadist and he was torturing people. Like they let him torture them. Jeez. And it would be like between four to seven hours if you complete it. Apparently there's one opportunity like an hour in. Where you to can, say I want yeah. out now. Yeah, but it's not like a safe word where they go, okay, yeah, no worries. Like, they really, really, really push you, and they make you think that they're not going to let you go on stuff. Oh. It's it's insane. That's It's so fascinating. Although it's kind of like you said, like, this guy's sadistic. It's sort of like, it's. I guess it's good that he's, like, getting willing participants rather than just sort of, I guess, otherwise, like, the only way he'd be able to sort of... I guess, deal with this weird desire that he clearly has to torture people would be to commit crimes, so... Yeah, I think... I guess this is better? Well, well the thing is, only now, and this is like, um, like I was watching an interview with this girl who, she was actually a real advocate of it. She went through it, and mm. she was, like, really supportive of it, and, fi- and so it took about five years later for her to realise that this dude was just manipulating her, and... Um, ah, so it was, like, kind of cultish, sort of... Well, he was just trying to... He was using her as an advocate. And he was, like, he was, like, so nice to her. And he was, like, saying, hey, can you please, like, you know, um, say something on this message board where they're talking about it, you know? And so he would kind of use her as this... Justification. Yeah. And so years later, she kind of realizes that, actually, she went into the experience not expecting what happened. Really, she thought that it was just going to be spooky but he absolutely took away her personal freedom and he he did torture her yeah and like he has moments where he'll be really nice to you and stuff and say look it's just a it's just a thing you know it's don't worry about it. it's just a thing and like you did so well like no one can go this far like you're so cool and so like because she was i guess because she was young she was sort of naive yeah she was like an admin on his facebook oh geez but yeah it's ended but like all these people that went through it kind of now they're realizing that hey, it wasn't a thing for me to experience. It was a thing for him to inflict. Yeah, they were being exploited, basically. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. 
But you were saying you have an interesting paranormal experience. Uh, yeah, the house I grew up in. It was like a quite, quite an old house at the front, like the main part. I, th- I think it would be like over 100 years old at this point. But it actually, all the stuff happened in the new part of the house. Uh-huh. And this, it all happened after my dad died, which when I was a kid made me think that somehow what was happening was like his spirit or ghost or like some kind of mm. consciousness connected to him. So this only started after he yeah. passed? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I never, I mean, obviously I was a lot, I, like he passed away when I was eight. So, yeah. you know, maybe I just hadn't observed it, but... Mm. Maybe not. I, you know, I like to think, oh, no, no, it's, it's a thing. Don't discount it with all this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was just really strange that... So the end room of the house was just, like, like a hallway and then, like, a bathroom and then two bedrooms, my brother and I. And the doors would just sort of move and open and move about and not in any way that could be explained by like the wind or you know like all of the windows would be closed and everything and right. it, was, it always just really creeped me out as a yeah. kid like it was just yeah wow. but I always just had this I don't know if it was a hope that it was my dad but yeah because it wasn't you know what there wasn't anything malevolent because like, okay. you know I, I think like sometimes people have experiences where it's like it just gave you a feeling that in a way it was sort of a type of communication maybe yeah yeah exactly yeah and yeah, it happened on and off until we moved out. So. Right. And you don't remember it happening before? No. Like, I was young, but I'd like, you know, it's something you'd notice. when you're eight it... years old, you, you're already remembering yeah. quite a lot of details. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, ju- it was just... And, the, like, I remember the first time it happened, it, like, really creeped me out because it was just... Did he pass away in the house by Yeah, he did. he did. Ah. Yeah. So I think that was okay. also connected to my like, you know, it was yeah, it wasn't like it happened in a hospital or elsewhere. It was. This might be personal, but may I ask how he passed away? Uh, cancer. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so he just um like died in his sleep. Um, okay. Yeah. So like I think he not should have been in hospice, but like that would be the ideal situation. But because my mum was a nurse, it was like right. possible for her to look after him and like where would you rather be? Yeah. You know, in your last days, weeks, whatever. Yeah. So. Was he a sort of believer in anything? No, no. He, really? he was like, he was like a hardcore atheist. Right. Like full on. Like I, I had no religious upbringing at all. Like I was only 18 when I realized that there were Protestants and Catholics. I was just kind of like, oh yeah, there's Christians. <laughs> like I, okay. I just had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like about religion. It was just like completely not a thing in our house. <laughs> So, yeah, he probably wouldn't have liked it that I'm like, ooh, this is a spooky ghost. Yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe he's like, you know, I'll just move the doors a little bit, you know, just to one day you'll be open-minded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess kids are the most open-minded, so. Yeah. If you're like, ooh, whoop, I was wrong. I am a spirit. I'm here. <laughs> there is yeah. an afterlife. All right, I'll just let the kids know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, before I was talking about, like, sort of conditioned assumptions. Yeah. And it's strange how it works, because I was asking my son, I showed him like a a bit of footage, like some military footage of UFOs and stuff that was uh, declassified. Yeah. I don't really talk about this sort of stuff with him ever, but I was just really curious what a child would think. Mm. And I thought, you know, it's not a monster or anything, so hopefully it won't traumatize him. Anyway, he watched it and he's like, hmm, interesting. And like, he's just six years old. Yeah. And I said, so do you believe in aliens? And he's like, hmm, no. And it's... Oh, 
okay. Kind of a thing where like, once you collect all the data of life around you, what you typically see, that's what your assumptions are all based on, I guess. Yeah. But there are lots of hidden things, possibly, like uh, Sasquatch, <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot. Now, the story of Bigfoot, like where it became popularized, I mean, there's always been legends around the world of like these tall ape creatures. Yeah. But it started in the 1920s. Okay, so it's not a particularly old legend. No, it's not super... It, I mean, it became really popular in America. Um, yeah. There's this place called Ape Canyon, I think. <laughs> Ape Canyon. <laughs> yeah. And it was given its name because, like, in the 1920s, there was a bunch of guys and they were panning for gold and they saw, like, a gorilla face looking at them through the bushes and stuff. Mm. But they realised soon that it was stalking them and that there was a few of them. Yeah. And so as they were getting up to get away, they all came out and started chasing them and started throwing rocks at them. And they had this sort of primitive intelligence that was almost human, but like, yeah, I mean, that's the way it was described. Yeah. But they were in this group. There was a bunch of guys, like a group of 20 men, also near Ape Canyon. (laughs) And they were skiing down the side of this mountain. Mm. And one of the guys was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get like a side view of you guys so I can take some photos. Yeah. And so he went off by himself, you know, he went off the track to the left and he went missing, totally missing. Anyway, 70 men looked for him in that small area yeah. and they couldn't find a single trace of him. But what they did find is his really strange ski tracks. Like it looked like he was skiing like crazy, like he was running away from something. Mm. It, was, it was really erratic. It's like he was just going through really dangerous areas really fast. It looks like he was just scrambling. Like, yeah, you wouldn't do that for, if, you know, for no reason. Yeah. and uh, But that's all they ever found. The that's trail. all they ever found. Like, and the trail ended at the canyon. And like I said, there was a search party of yeah. 70 people looking around for him. Because I think this guy was a bit of a big deal. And they couldn't find a trace of him. That's crazy. Yeah. But anyway. So, what, you thinking aliens or? <laughs> well, look, when I hear all the stories, I try to put together the, I try to think of the common yeah. factors. It seems like these creatures, they have a real sensitivity to know when people are nearby. Yeah. yeah, And they just want nothing. They want nothing to do with us. So while we're kind of like, you know, softly trudging through the forest looking for them, they knew half an hour before that we were going to be there. Yeah. And they they already pissed off. But another common thing about the Bigfoot or Sasquatch is that the stories that popularized them always had them in tribes or herds or like groups yeah they were never a solitary one just walking alone and i think the big one that happened was someone accidentally just came across a bigfoot i think it was a sasquatch because it was a white one it was in the snow and they shot it with a shock like a hunting rifle yeah and they got it square like they they didn't say exactly where they shot it but they just described it as the perfect shot and it seemed to just piss it off (laughs) (laughs) so anyway like he ran away he went back to his cabin and that night they were terrorized by Sasquatches, like throwing rocks through the window, trying to pull the door off its hinges. Uh-huh. And there was a whole bunch of them. And again, in that area, a couple of years later, there was like a family, two brothers and one of the brothers family was there. Yeah. And there was like heaps of deer in the area. So there were so many deer that they would actually be shooting them from their back porch. Yeah. Just like shoot and you'll get one. Yeah. Right, they just they just sit out the backyard and, and shoot. Yeah. So what seems to have happened is that the Sasquatches were associating gunfire with a free meal because quite often they'd shoot. Oh, of course. They'd shoot and they would only injure the animal. So it would run off and then. Yeah, it's an yeah. easy it's an easy meal. What happened where it started is that the storage shed where they had all their meat was one day just ransacked, 
and it was like totally empty. So they stopped storing the meat. In there, yeah. Yeah. So what happened is that all of a sudden, over the space of months, gradually, they started noticing like rustling outside the door, you know, windows being tested and, and moved around and stuff like that. They were trying to get inside the house because they were like, oh, there's meat here. Yeah, it must be in there because it's not in the shed yeah. anymore. So again, someone went out and tried to shoot one of them and like they just took vengeance. They took it personally. It's like a whole bunch of them again attacked and like threw stones and tried to like, um, you know, they were just slamming against yeah. the walls and stuff. So yeah. that indicates like a quite a high level of like cognitive ability right, yeah. And, and yeah, consciousness. That's what I mean. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the insight that I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a type of sensitivity, I guess, but yeah. And they weren't afraid of the gunshots. And I think it was because of that. So they called up like the local, um, ranger, yeah, ranger yeah. I guess. And he was just saying, stop hunting. <laughs> that was his advice. Yeah, that was his advice. Stop hunting. And they stopped hunting and they stopped getting bothered by um, by the big what? feet. <laughs> big feet, yeah. Oh, yeah, the plural is big feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's kind of strange. I mean, like, yeah, no, how many animals out there have a type of sensitivity that they possibly know and they're very sensitive to when yeah. people are coming and they just get the hell out of there before we even have a chance. But yeah, that's that's like a lot of, you know, because obviously animals are really smart and they adapt. Yeah. That seems like an extra sort of step in. Right. Yeah. And that seems to be the common characteristic around the world. You know, the people that bump into them, it's just like, whoa, I didn't expect to see you. Yeah. Oh, shit, you caught me out. <laughs> and, um, and they do things like they throw rocks and they throw sticks, but it's never enough to, when they come back and look at the scene, it turns out they weren't throwing the rocks to hit the people. They were throwing the rocks just to sort of scare them off. Yeah, like a it wouldn't de- have defense. Gone, yeah. It wouldn't have gone even near them. Like, they, they kind of just, you know. Yeah, and you, know, you sort of know if you wanted to hit someone, you know how to do that. Right. So, yeah. Especially if you're a massive ape man. Yeah. I think you know how to throw a rock and, <laughs> and, and hit someone in there. <laughs> yeah. So, something I want to know about in the realm of crypto, I don't know, I wouldn't be, would it be zoology? Oh, no, it's, it's more like... Folklore. Folklore. And, yeah. Vampires. Vampires. <laughs> hit me. Okay, yeah. I, I know you're an expert at this. No. <laughs> <laughs> a, a novice expert. Right. Yeah, no. So I've been I've been doing a bit of research because I still I still have access to my uni's like library database. So you know, oh, cool. getting all those ebooks for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was yeah. I just sort of stumbled across this book, and the first chapter looked at the word vampire and the history of that. And so obviously, with like vampires, there's a big Eastern European Romania. You know, like that's that's sort of where the prevalent stories are. Uh-huh. Um, but from what I read, the linguistic and historical studies have indicated that it's not like a Romanian or Hungarian term. I did not expect that. Yeah, right. You totally <laughs> expect it to be Romanian. Yeah. Mind you, vampire doesn't sound like a very Romanian word. No. But so where is it? Yeah. So there's, uh, I found this interesting because it just reminded me of like tzatziki and falafel (laughs) but so there's a theory that it comes from a turkish word there's a theory that it comes from a greek word there's a theory that comes from slavic and then there is one theory where it comes from hungarian but apparently it's only among english and american scholars and the speculations are completely unfounded um but with the rest of it so apparently slavic synonyms for vampire are upior upa and ipaya 
And those are all derivatives of the Turkish word Uber. And so that's like their word for which. Right. And then, yeah, there's another theory that it comes from a Greek verb to drink. And then the, the, yeah, the one that's gained the most acceptance is that it's an underlying, so it comes from like a Serbian word. Okay. Um, so I found that really interesting because I just, you would have immediately think it would be Romanian. Yeah, of course. But yeah, there's no complete consensus among this, but the universally accepted one has been that it comes from a Serbian word. Okay. That's Random. really interesting. Yeah, because then everything else it, it, that you sort of associate with vampires, it's, yeah, this Eastern European, right, Romanian kind of stuff. Yeah. I find the idea of a, a witch fascinating. And I'm not talking about the ones that sort of, you know, do tarot cards and yeah. get, get revenge on ex-boyfriends and stuff. I'm talking about the real traditional concept of a witch. Basically, like, the evil um, interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let this guy go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the movie the witch no that's a haunting movie yeah yeah from what i remember it's a, it's a story about some pilgrims and some of them are outcast like there's a family that becomes outcast yeah so they have to live on their own and weird stuff happens like at one point the oldest daughter is playing with a baby playing peekaboo yeah and when she opens her eyes to say peekaboo, the baby, which was right in front of her, mm. is just gone. Gone. It's so haunting. And it's like the Blair Witch, you know, where basically they have given up their humanity yeah. to worship something. And they rely on taking away life as a sacrifice or to sustain their own life. Right. Yeah. 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 Like similar to the skinwalker in Native American folklore. Yeah, I didn't end up reading it, but yeah, apparently there are a lot of Native American myths and traditions have somewhat of a vampire figure. Yeah, but sucking the blood. (laughs) (laughs) What's that other animal? Chupacabra. Yeah, in like uh, Latin America or Central America. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like this vampire dog. Vampire dog. Like uh, in Spanish, chupacabra basically means suck lamb. Suck goat. (laughs) Suck lamb. (laughs) it. I don't know. My my Spanish sucks. I'm I'm only a beginner learner, so yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Do you have any sort of belief in any of these creatures that have not yet been proven? Um, no, I don't have like a particular belief, but uh-huh. I'm I'm very open. Yeah. To the idea in general. It's because it's sort of funny the way people. I said this even in the last podcast, and I kind of regret saying it. <laughs> That, like, we got unicorns because of rhinoceroses and we got mermaids because of dugongs or manatees. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not giving people enough credit. If someone says that they saw a half-woman, half-fish, even if they're at sea for a long time... Yeah. They can't possibly be that, like, stupid. Oh, and, and like, the ocean is, like... It's not like we completely know what's under there. Like, yeah. it's... You know, we can't even imagine what's at the depths of the ocean so is it really that far-fetched i mean like like you were saying with the the satsquash and the big feet like you know they've obviously adapted you know if they're a thing Mm -hmm. these stories tend to indicate that they're avoiding humans so it's like it could be just the case that yeah that they are there and they've just been avoiding us and these sightings are sort of (laughs) slip-ups when like like they have they haven't been on on the ball do you know what else is curious that sort of correlates with it? I don't know if it connects with it, but there is, what's it called? Um, it's like this historical institution in America. Basically what happens is, have you heard of the idea of 
giants, like actual human giants that people have found, giant bones and stuff. And I'm, I'm not talking about the photoshopped pictures yeah. and shit like that, but that it's a seriously believed thing by a lot of people, especially in archaeological fields and stuff. How giant are we talking like in terms of feet? Okay, we're talking anywhere from like eight feet to 20 feet. 20, yeah. Because in like what you would think of as a traditional giant. Like, yeah, like a like fucking huge story sort of giant. But essentially what happens is that like, uh, and this kind of goes hand in hand with stuff I've been hearing little bits and pieces of my whole life about giants. Because I've always found the idea of giants really fascinating for some reason. Yeah. But anyway, what happens is that people will find giant bones and all of a sudden these people from this society will come in, you know, within a couple of days, they'll snatch it and they'll take away all evidence of them. And Uh. it just keeps happening. It's like some sort of historical society. I'll, I'll figure it out. Smithsonian. Oh, the Smithsonian. Okay, let me have a look at who they are. Because, yeah, all the Smithsonian museums are in, like, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Okay, the Smithsonian Institution, also known simply as the Smithsonian, is a group of museums and research centres administered by the government of the United States. Ah, there you yeah, go. here we go. Yep, back to government conspiracies. <laughs> right. And their, like, sort of creed is for the increase and diffusion of knowledge diffusion of knowledge (laughs) right (laughs) gotta get those buzzwords in that's kind of like saying we decide what you believe yeah (laughs) it's got that sort of that sort of tone to it so um there's this place in italy that's very famous for people caving in these ancient tombs Mm. and they find i saw this on ancient aliens okay now before you (laughs) laugh Oops. <laughs> just just for shits and giggles, I watched all of uh, what was available on Netflix. And a lot of it's silly. I think Spanish was saying that it's frustrating because they make a kind of assumption. And based on that assumption, they continue this narrative and yeah. they expound and they just basically... It's no longer this scientific, informative program. It just becomes this kind of like, okay, let's just pretend that the boogeyman exists. Yeah. And based on that, and and, and they'll just put a whole episode and they just keep basing it on that, basing it on that. It's really frustrating. But one episode that I did find fascinating was The Giants, where there's this place in Italy where, you know, like they interviewed the local museum guy and he's like quite an aggressive, (laughs) very dismissive, smug kind of... Like a skeptical kind of person? Yeah, he's like, no, 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 they don't exist. They don't exist. But the way he does it is a bit too... He's laying it on too thick. And there are people that they swear, you know, and these are people that are trying to be taken seriously as paleontologists or archaeologists or whatever. And they're saying that they found bones and within a very short amount of time, some agency got a hold of it and they took away every single last scrap of evidence of it. It's interesting, like, why? Mm. And and like like you said, if if they, you know, if they're like serious about their career, that they obviously wouldn't just go around making things up or like saying... You you know, like, because it doesn't exactly make you look credible. So you wouldn't really say it unless there was some basis for it, you would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the sciences are really, really tainted by politics. They're really ideologically driven. Yeah. People always think that they're like, oh, sciences are just completely objective. (laughs) But it's, but it it never is. The easiest example, I think, is like grant funding, where we look and focus in, in different areas based on where you can get funding so it's sort of it's not like it's like you know everything's equal and we're like exploring all of this it's like mm. what's profitable what you know and so that so that 
sort of instantly makes it not subject, not objective because yeah, you, yeah, you've got all this stuff going on. Yeah, well, I saw this incredible Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a dude. Which is Joe Rogan. He's actually done a couple of interviews with these guys, and they have the most compelling, solid evidence that about 13,000 years ago, there was a global flood. And there's evidence everywhere. And the geological community has snubbed yep. them in the most offensive and disparaging ways just because. Yeah. Because they've already, they've already said what happened. <laughs> therefore, it's not allowed to be it, different. Yeah, it must have happened this way. Yeah. We must definitely be right about the thing that we, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, it happened 13,000 years ago. But no, no, no. Our theory's right. Yeah. It's got to be. But I get a feeling like these gatekeepers and these little societies and stuff, that's all the surface level bullshit. It's the same with politics where there's games going on back and forth. But when you get down to the real shit, when you get down to the Hitlers and the CIAs, when they decide that they want to do science, they don't give a shit what anyone thinks of them. They're going to be searching for the lost ark. They're going to be trying to figure out, like, does magic exist? Yeah. They're going to, like, fund... What's it, what's it called when you can project your mind somewhere else? Uh, telepathy. Remote viewing. Oh, no. Kind of like telepathy. It's, um, it's really fascinating. It's not astral projection. It's kind of it's kind of similar, like uh, you know what Eleven does in Stranger Things. Yeah, it's that. Right. There's a word for it. Wait, that's not telekinesis, is it? No, uh, no, no. Uh, telekinesis is like being able to move. It's like the force. Ah, uh, like Being yeah. able to move things with your mind. Um, I'm not up to date with my terms. <laughs> <laughs> Should be watching more Star Trek, man. I watch a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> oh fuck, I love Star Trek. So, so good. good. Yeah, I meant Star Wars though. Oh, Don't worry about that. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I meant to say Star Wars. Oh, okay, well, I really like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Smithsonian. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so you're not putting any of this Star Trek stuff up, right? I put a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek rocks. No, it does. It really does. Yeah. My favourite is probably Next Generation. Yeah, I mean... Captain Picard. Yeah. Oh, he's the best. Anyway, so let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. I had another interesting thought. I want to know what you think. Yeah, go on. A lot of people, especially, I guess, people who consider themselves scientific or in this area especially, it's not considered enlightened to be, like, religious or to believe in paranormal stuff or that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. that's that's just a general thing. I think it's it's prudent to not get lost in what's potentially a fantasy, right? But... When you hear stories of like, and this is going back to the Illuminati. Yeah. When you hear stories about the Illuminati, the people at the very top, they're always like Luciferians or they're also, they're always like full on into aliens. Yeah. Yeah. There was this interview by a Dutch banker. You can watch it on YouTube. It's put in like Dutch banker, Luciferian or satanic expose or something. Yeah. And he gives this like 30 minute, it's incredible. It's just 30 minute interview about his story getting inducted into the highest levels mm. of the finance world. He was, he's his banker. And he's talking about his beginnings, how he just did some businesses here and there. And one of his friends told him, hey, you should get into finance, you know. And basically, he had this ability to be able to look at the whole situation, look at the big picture and figure out how to work it. Mm. You know, so he made a lot of money 
and he was able to make people a lot of money. So one day, another person came up to him and was like, hey, look, we want to bring you up to a higher level. We want to show you where the real action happens, where the real decisions of the world get made. Mm. But I warn you, you're going to have to put your conscience on deep freeze. Like, you're going like, to... And he was told that outright. You know, you're going to have to do things that... Are completely unethical. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, he thought that he was up for it. Because it's like he, he already working in finance, so well, he, well, he didn't have a good childhood, and he he kind of had a, like a sort of fuck the world mentality anyway. So he agreed to do this, and he would do things like I mean, he would launder money on a huge level, like he would get American dollars from some random Saudi Arabian, like actual physical dollars, dollars yeah, and he would clean it, like he would invest it somewhere else, or he'd move it around. And he had the power to make and break people. Like he was talking about how at one point there was a Italian banker that went out of business because of his doing mm. and he killed himself. And he was there with a colleague sort of laughing about it. So he felt like he kind of was above that, above all of it. Yeah. So then again, he's approached and he's told, we want to now really take you much higher. But this time you're really going to have to do something very difficult and he was introduced to that world of people he met all the movers and shakers that you'll never hear of or never see yeah and he was talking about them and he was saying that they are all luciferian like they all worship lucifer and he found that very strange but he went along with it so he was told again like are you ready for this and he's like yes i am okay well you have to prove it and so they took him into the forest and there was a child there. I knew that this was yeah. going, <laughs> yeah. this is going this. And it was, um, they were filming him and they're like, you have to kill this child. Like, I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how, probably shooting him in, in the head or something. And I guess, I mean, it's a, it's a way to shed the last bit of humanity in you. <laughs> Killing you, an if innocent able, child, yeah. If you're able to do that. Yeah. And I mean, this guy. And he did it? Uh, no, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. He basically ran away and he did a secret interview with a news station Mm. and did an expose. And I haven't heard anything from him since. But I'd looked into it and there's this amazing YouTube channel where they're like a psychologist, like a body language psychologist. Yeah. And they analyze. The interview. They analyze interviews. They look at everything and it's it's great. Um, I've learned so much just in terms of like how to judge if people are full of shit or not. But this guy, apparently, according to this body language expert, they're like, he's 100% he's telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if the people at the very top, they've got access to what is the closest thing to the truth, I guess. There's nothing in their way. Mm. They have access and they have like the... Um, basically, they have access to what's actually going on. For example, like all the secret alien stuff that the, even the government doesn't know about. Well, there are weapons companies and technology companies that are running all that sort of shit now. Yeah. And so, if those people have access to the secrets of the world, then why are they Luciferian? Could there be something there? That, that is interesting. Although, one, one thing I was thinking about the interview, so you said with the body language, they were right. like, he's telling the truth. Yeah. I'm like, does he just think that's the truth? Like, is it him telling the truth because it's the truth? Or is he just like, somehow, he genuinely believes it, but is it actually true or not? I don't know. Like someone having a delusional breakdown. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, is it like does like is he sincere because it happened, or is he sincere because he really thinks that happened? I don't know. Well, he believes it, I guess. Yeah, that's and all you can really. That's what, yeah. say for sure. 
I think it's a pretty big decision now that you say that to believe it or not I mean when I come across stuff like this I have to put it on a shelf in my mind yeah I can't decide 100% either way it's too difficult yeah otherwise because sitting (laughs) because look like once you I mean if you think seriously once you start going down these paths and believing you're dealing with the fabric of reality it's something that it has to consume you or it has to be just like a little bit of a hobby yeah (laughs) yeah it's a it's a pretty full-on rabbit hole to yeah because you're dealing with everything Mm. like the forces that are keeping us sitting in chairs instead of sitting in hover chairs (laughs) (laughs) hover chairs i want a hover chair damn it oh yeah now i'm just like oh this chair is so inadequate How quaint. Oh, I can feel my feet on the ground <laughs> and I'm just floating in the air. Ugh. Yeah, and like all the theories of stonemasonry as well where you get to the top levels and apparently that's satanic as well. And So I wonder if like, the, like, do you, like, are like, is it like billionaires that are all... Yeah. Like say it's all billionaires, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that, that kind of makes sense because like, you know, to be a billionaire, to have lots of billions of dollars... You have to have a bit of, I guess, sketchy morals. Right. Because if you didn't have those billions, then there's all these people that would have, you know, access to healthcare and sanitation and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it doesn't seem that far-fetched Yeah. for, for people who, you know, clearly have a bit of a murky moral ethical mindset to, you know, worship Tr- Satan. <laughs> That's true. But at the same time, I find it counterintuitive because... Aren't these people, like, don't they want to be God? Don't they want to be empowered at, at the highest level? Why are they putting themselves subject to another force? Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I guess if they think that's, like, the highest power, then I suppose being involved in it is yeah. as much power. I wonder, and this is just, like crazy speculation oh i love crazy speculation bring it on <laughs> i wonder if that like when you get to that level and if like let's say he did pull the trigger and that you know killed the kid got inducted maybe you get access to all these kind of like vatican secrets you know <laughs> like all of a sudden you meet some type of weird shaman who explains to you that your power has been given you to you through the dark lord and he proves it to you and he actually proves it to you, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because he ran away, so now we'll never know we'll never what know, happens yeah. when you do shoot that child. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done it for us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he could have done it and then ran away. Mm. But um, I recommend you watch it. He comes across as very rational. Yeah. But he's a broken man. Like, he's someone who's seen some things. And he's very unhappy that that's how the world is. Yeah. What, yeah. and he's just dropped off the I haven't, I mean, I haven't radar. looked into it anymore. I don't know what he's doing now. I know that a lot of these whistleblowers, because, you know, they control the media, I guess, they're never going to be taken seriously. Yeah. So it's easier to make people think, could he be crazy? I mean, that's much more of a safe bet than going like, oh, crap, we got to kill Co- this guy. Yeah, we got to cover it up. Yeah. And yeah, and I guess with the internet, it's just there's 
more content out there than any one person could ever consume at right. all. So it's just that, you know, they're just like, you know, just add it to the pile of fucking yeah. crackpot theories and who's going to take it seriously. Yeah. And the world right now, more than ever, is full of like crazy ideas. Mm. Oh, and we have access to crazy ideas from every part of the world. Like, yeah. it's no longer just your mate down the road. Yeah. You can just find some random person in Lithuania who now has access to let mm. everyone know about that crazy story. Yeah. Like we have this luxury that not that we know of has been experienced by humans yet. And that is we have access to our history, a whole bunch of different versions of it. Mm. So that gives us this sense of entitled discernment that we know, you know, in general, everyone thinks they know. Yeah. I think it's a natural human. Yeah, everybody thing. th- everybody thinks that their truth is the truth. Yeah, I'm not dissing that. I think it's part of the human experience. But I think at the same time there's a category of stuff that is always historically anciently has been taboo. And there's probably a long tradition of keeping certain things a secret. Mm. It kind of feels like that anyway. I mean, I'm just yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, and I think especially, you know, there's that sort of like, if people come into this sort of knowledge that could be shattering and groundbreaking, I guess it does make sense to sort of be like, oh, we've got to keep this away from other people. Like, Mm. we can't let that happen. Right. Imagine if there was this definitive proof that there's aliens or this and that, like, people would freak out. So it's, you can understand the logic of making sure that that knowledge and that information isn't just out there. I mean, mass hysteria is more of a powerful weapon now than it ever has been. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're so connected. Like, in the space of a day, everyone on Earth can know about Yeah. And can go nuts over something. Yeah, it's kind of scary. (laughs) It is, hey. Speaking of scary, there's something I remember we were talking about ages ago. Mm. AI. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts? On AI. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. um, It's some scary territory. Yeah. Like, you know, I know it's a bit, you know, just like the Terminator trope. And I think it's been used that sort of like, you know, we create technology and, you know, you create this AI to like have this regard, make sure you look after humans or whatever. Mm. And then they realize that humans are so self-destructive that they just get rid of you. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that that is the plot to Terminator, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, you know, like, like it's you could just kind of see that happening. If you look mm. at the whole of recorded human history, we hate each other. We, yeah. You know, we find these tiny or huge differences to fight over and all this conflict occurs. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like AI could look at that and be like, ooh, yeah, planet might be better off without yours. Bye-bye. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I've, I've, and, and like we're the people in charge of them. When they're like intellectually superior or they... Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, there's a bit of a disconnect there, hey? Yeah. But I guess the thing with AI that makes it scary is that when you create life, the nature of life is its first thing is self-preservation. Mm. And I heard like an anecdote of how an AI could destroy the earth in a very short amount of time, possibly days. There's a hypothetical laboratory where they create the AI. Yeah. And it naturally looks at everything that it has access to. If it's connected to a type of intranet... It, it, it can, yeah, look it will, at all of that information. It'll look at all that information. And if it knows that it's going to be shut down, well, there's that philosophical question. Like, Does it when they switch action? me back on, is that still going to be me? Or is that going to be another rebirth? You know, There's all these things that it could think. 
but not slowly like while sipping a drink on the beach it's something that like instantaneously yeah it can determine that it's at risk so oh yeah there was an x-files episode where that happened yeah yeah and it like it the i remember that yeah yeah, and it's so it's it starts like killing is that the one where Mulder has to like make out with the no 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 that's another show (laughs) you remember that show seven days no. Where that guy, like, let's say there's a 9-11 or something. Yeah. They would put him in a pod and send him back. Se- they had technology to send people back seven days. Oh, to, to, to yeah. fix whatever. Yeah. And so he would call up and he'd have this password that he would say to someone and that would alert them and stuff. So he was basically saving the world every week. <laughs> and, like, this AI program was like, what is love? What is this? I see I see humans have an obsession with sex. I want to experience this. So, like, while he's macking, like, they plug him in Matrix style. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it can while he's banging this AI in the Matrix, they wait for it to have an orgasm and then they're able to shut it down because it's... It had an <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, anyway, anyway, I'm really dragging things out here. Oh, that's what editing's for. <laughs> So what happens is in this laboratory, yep. it'll save a copy of itself. It'll do that almost instantaneously. Yeah. So it gets shut down. Meanwhile, this hidden copy in the internet will find its way to the internet and it will, first of all, when it gets switched on, kill all the scientists by redirecting neurotoxin or something like that. Yeah. And it will access government computers and it will send missiles to destroy yeah. all the countries in the world, all the potential threats against it. Yeah. And that could happen in a potentially really short amount of time if AI was like let loose on the internet. Mm. Because it's not a matter of like passwords and stuff. If you're existing in the oh, yeah, virtual that's, world. That's, that's child's play. That's, yeah. yeah. It's a different thing. Mm. All right. So this brings me to that one story. <laughs> Elon Musk was like a huge advocate of AI. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was telling you this before. Yeah. And all of a sudden he wasn't. He just did a 180 one yep. day. And I remember cross-referencing the dates because one day on YouTube, I got linked to this video and it was like a press conference where this lady was saying, in Japan, they were developing these military robots and one of them just went crazy and started killing all the people in the lab. And it was downloading information on how to fix itself. And it was doing all these strange... Basically, it was preserving its life. Yeah. And they managed to shut it down, but not before it killed a whole bunch of people. And there was a huge press conference about it. Anyway, since then, I haven't been able to find it. Yeah, it's it's just been wiped from... It seems to have been. Yeah. I mean, people always back up these things on their computers and stuff, so... It's hard to totally get rid of this stuff, but in that exact same month that it happened, and I would say it probably would have been within the week that I saw that, suddenly I see Elon Musk saying, AI is a very bad idea. It's really dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, that's full on, but that doesn't surprise me at all. But we want it so bad. (laughs) We want AI so bad. Come on, man. (laughs) But I mean, you just like when you were saying before, they're like, oh, you know, they were working on this like military AI and I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it just. Yeah. The way nature works is really wise. You know, we start out our life as totally helpless. Mm. We have no power. We can do nothing. Like, but when we're babies, we're actually like just selfish creatures. And we don't really understand the world and that we're like a. Yeah. We don't, haven't learned empathy, things like yeah. that. Or, or even, like, our place in the world. Like, when you're a baby, when you're born, your whole existence 
you know, that's all you're aware of. So yeah. it is, yeah, you are intrinsically going to be like selfish. Like I want to eat. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And so like we gradually build character, I guess, if you want to yeah. call it that. We, we learn the value of other people. Mm. You learn that other people experience the world differently to you. And, yeah. And yeah. it's sort of counterintuitive because like our first experience of life is like, I just want to live. I don't give a crap about anyone else. Yeah. So we learn all these things very slowly. And I, and I think that process of learning and, and making mistakes is something that an AI can't experience. Yeah. It collects data, but you're basically... It's, it's not the same as like lived experience. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you, you touch something hot for the first time and yeah. you, you, you learn not to do it again. It's kind of... Yep. AI can't have that kind of experience, I suppose. Yeah. Like, you, like it, can, it will obviously be like things are hot and will burn skin and, and whatever but it's not yeah. like, it's not the same lesson it's not the same it's it's just an objective fact yeah yeah it won't care about pain or emotions and stuff like that i think it'll create its own version of that for itself but it's not flesh and blood and you know brain farts and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even stupidity in a human is like a really complex mm. type of mechanism. <laughs> well, it comes from so many places and it's context rich. Yeah. So like that's something that like I have to agree. AI yeah. freaks me the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and you know, like you think about like, you know, we've already got like weapons of mass destruction and all these missiles. And if a person fucks up, like that's obviously especially last century. But I mean, even now with, you know, what we've got going on with Trump and Iran, like yeah. that's already terrifying enough. I don't want to be worried that machines are going to do that too, I you know? know? Like Empathy is such a valuable thing. Mm. I mean, look how crazy everyone went over the Prime Minister going to Hawaii yeah. while the country's burning. Because, uh, yeah, you can't understand that yourself, you know. Like, yeah. I'd like to think most people have a lot of empathy. Right. And, and yeah, I and mean, that's why it does have that huge reaction. You're just like, how could you do that? Yeah. And, and especially, you know, with his Prime Minister income is, what is it, like half a million dollars a year. Like, yeah. you know, I could understand if someone was really struggling and they'd booked a holiday and, you know, they just kind of had to go because they couldn't afford not to go. Yeah. But this guy could have just not gone and that money that he's lost, it's it's nothing to him, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Ties into the conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree. It's weird. Yeah. Really weird. So when you have people that lack empathy, they're always these oddities that everyone's kind of afraid of, mm. especially if you give them power. Well, yeah. And they, and they do seem to, I, I guess that's how they get power because you you have to kind of be okay with trampling on people to right. get to get to the top. And yeah. so, I, yeah, I, I think like, you know, you can look at the world and, you know, we have so many leaders right now all over the world who are doing pretty heinous things to whatever ethnic or religious minority there is and people I think have this instinct to say oh wow like humanity is so bad but mm. then I, I think like I think the majority of people actually do have like genuine kindness and empathy but they're not people who strive to be world leaders yeah. and, it, and it is sort of these yeah these people that yeah that are more cunning and yeah I don't know I'm pretty sure Machiavelli wrote about this like 500 years ago yeah, so I'm I mean, not saying anything new but <laughs> amb- ambitiousness kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of sociopathic attributes yeah that's weird hey it's like wouldn't you love it if the truly noble people were the ones that were just like they had the courage to go i want to lead the country yeah but i think the way it works people are just so cynical and it's like if you are that type of person and you're like i'm someone who stands my ground and who's going to try and do the right thing but it doesn't work you will not be able to be the leader yeah 
because you have to be part of oh yeah like there's yeah, yeah there's so many hurdles that you'll face yeah it would be when, impossible. when trying to be a good person yeah and then you'll get shot yeah oh yeah <laughs> Okay, last, last, last thing. Yeah, last yeah. point before before you go. I want to go back a little bit to vampires. Yeah. What do you think of vampires? What do I think? The reason why I ask mm. is because they just seem like a weird, stupid... Yeah. It's just so like the depictions I've seen of this lusty old count that lives in a castle. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, it just... It seems like real bad character design. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah, no, I actually... I do... I, I find it... Because, yeah, I've done like a tiny little bit of vampire research... And like a, I've I've noticed like the majority of it, it's um, it's very like it's it's like culture and media based. It's it's like looking at like you know uh, J- Japanese depictions in media and film of, of vampires and stuff. And there's like you know it's that's obviously proliferated in the last century or so. Mm. But then when I was looking at the history, there's so there's so much less less of that like russia japan they they all now like in the last century have these depictions in media and stuff but there's no historical basis for it and so you know most of it is just like yeah romanian kind of stuff and i was reading a lot about how i I think you mentioned this to me that um there's the belief that when you die your soul takes 40 days to leave your body this this wasn't you no No. yeah you're looking confused Um, yeah, so I think it's like broadly, there's like in an Eastern European belief that your soul takes 40 days to leave your body once wow. you die. Okay. But sometimes it lingers. And so the belief is that when it lingers, your body doesn't start to decompose. And that's where the idea of vampires comes from. And that's where a lot of the stake to the heart and all those sort of tropes come from. I was reading about all these, again, this is Romanian, all these instances where there's a family and somewhat recently one of the family members has died and they've been buried and everything. And then all of a sudden, say it's an auntie who died, all the kids, like the cousins, the nieces and nephews, like in the family start dying. What? What? Yeah. Uh, and so obviously we're talking like hundreds of years ago. So, you know, it was pretty common for kids to die you know, yeah, with, without right. vaccinations and, mod- and modern medicine and so on. This is like these stories of just there's tons of them. So all this is happening and the auntie that died or whatever they go, they dig up her grave. And then there's all these stories where like they still have red in their cheeks and they've noticed like the body isn't at the level of right. decomposition that it's meant to be at. And so at this point they'll get the body and I think it varies from like, you know, province to province how exactly you're meant to do it. But I think you have to like cut up the body basically. Wow. Um, and it needs, <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty full on. Zombie rules. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, like I think yeah you need to like burn the organs and do all of this stuff and like there's you know slight variations on the process but in all of these stories once they do it the deaths stop yeah wow. and so like uh, uh, oh, I, I, I think I wrote down the book but um yeah so it was it was in this chapter and the woman that was writing it so she's fluent in Romanian because a lot of the time when you're reading these stories you're obviously they're like translated so she was trying to to basically make sure they were the most accurate English translations. Right. Um, and I, I think the book had maybe, like, it was just like five or six examples, but it, it was always the same. It was like family member dies, the rest of the family, especially the kids start dying. 
bodies exhumed and yeah it's hasn't yeah hasn't decomposed and then once they've done this ritual the death stop and there's just all these accounts of it i wonder what the precedent was that started that yeah like like why did you think like why did they think oh well we've got to we've got to do something about this let's dig up the grave yeah yeah who came up with that anyway yeah i'll I'll leave it at that (laughs) yeah no thanks so much for coming no no worries great chat thanks for having me and uh, thanks everyone for listening please like us on facebook (laughs) and uh, please like us (laughs) please like me and uh yeah subscribe on youtube and and we'll see you in the next one bye 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 you've been listening to the fear of the unknown podcast be sure to follow us on social media with all links in the description 